Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Happy Halloween. Um, I am... As confused as the rest of those watching on YouTube right now, as you can see, I got in the spirit by wearing a sweater, but I feel like I'm about to be like severely um, upstaged because uh, the screen is blank. It had uh, Christine's side. It's been blank since we started our recording session, and I've been hearing the craziest fucking sounds coming through her microphone. <laughs> I think she's just wrapped up in a big cellophane bow. And <laughs> that was Em's guess. Yeah. And um, Eva guessed that I was Mr. Cellophane. I was like, you, I guess sound like it. Um, yeah. I don't, it sounds like either you just you're dressed as scotch tape or you used a lot of it. It's one of the two. So um, with with that um, here, welcome to the stage, Christine. Thank you. Let me turn this on real quick. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, You're Jeff the Mongoose. I, <laughs> I am not a spirit. I am a little extra, extra clever mongoose. You? Hello. Here's my tail. Wait, where's my tail? Wait, where's my tail? Uh-oh. I lost it. Oh, my. Well, oh, no. that sounds like something the eighth wonder of the world would do. What are you doing? Why do you have? It was ring pops. That's what you were opening up. It was up. ring pops. Why ring pops? What's the reference? I don't know. He's just like, oh. he's always saying like how extra he is and how he's like the next best great thing. So I bought a bunch of ring pops to wear on my hands and a gold crown. Um. And oh, there's my tail. Christine, you. There it is. <laughs> I got to be honest. 
your eighth wonder of the world side. What's on the other side of that? I got to know. It's a cupcake, isn't it? Oh, best day ever, Hungry Caterpillar. I see. Okay, recycle. <laughs> okay, reuse. Reuse. Recycle. Um, eighth wonder of the world. I Now I feel so bad I didn't dress up. I was trying to. No, I was tr- this was a development that occurred within the last hour or so. And um, that feels right. Your brain just went, you know what I should do? Really fucking. <laughs> you know it would be fun? Shift the earth uh, as it moves I beneath me. I was on the way to pick leona up and i stopped at target and the what i'm mad about myself about is that i wore a fox costume two years ago when we did our little halloween yeah and i must have donated it i tore my whole house apart this is why i don't get rid of things i was like oh that would be perfect so then i go to target and i'm like i'll just buy the same one and hope i find the other one and return it uh they don't sell it anymore so i had to buy an eevee pokemon costume i was gonna say (laughs) those ears are giving pokemon a little bit i shrunk them down a bit they were much bigger oh oh my gosh are you an artist yeah i am so i can have you not met me i'm jeff the mongoose i'm you know everything you think i am and more she said it not me also i really actually love the ring pop situation because it's thank you that feel i mean he was we always i think we said the the episode itself that he really is giving gemini energy and he's got the dramatic yes. flair so exactly that's exactly what i was going for he, he that would be very um vain bedazzled in some way you know yeah you know i almost i was gonna buy also some chains because he also says i looked up a bunch of quotes he also says i am a ghost in the form of a weasel and i shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains and so i did the weird noises already with my you know cellophane um (laughs) the chains would have been a good addition and then i'm gonna say one more here um i know who i am but i shan't tell you i am a freak I have hands and I have feet, and if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone, or a pillar of salt. I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. And that's me. I mean, I I, I couldn't be more proud to know you and also terrified. Um, as my, my You've made <laughs> you, my lights freak out over here. I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, that's the goal. You know, the day you did Jeff the Mongoose changed my life, and I realized <laughs> just how, like, how our souls were intertwined, not yours and mine, but Jeff's and mine. And so um, it just felt right. Thank you. Well, I... Even though I look like Evie from Pokemon, but No, the, okay. the glasses and the ring pops, and also couldn't be more Christine of you to now just, like, have 10 sticky fingers for the rest of the day. I have so sticky. It's horrible. And I keep eating them not, for some reason. It's not just one ring pop. It is... Your whole hand, you look like an Italian mob boss. You kiss my That's ring. That's exactly yeah. what I was going for. Thank you. And your crown is giving uh, where the wild things are. Yeah. Yeah. I had to buy a pack, five pack of these, so I'll have to reuse them for something. You want to loop it over this your ear? The... Maybe. I guess so. That's a good idea. Oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> you don't look any anyway. worse. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry for all the, um, you know calamity but here i am sorry everyone we had some technical difficulties where jeff the mongoose took over the sound waves and um (laughs) we hopefully christine sounds a little crisper now jim um i have a Mm -hmm. goddamn cough i have a hell of a cold you'll have to get me something what (laughs) 
Wow, you're really talking like Jeff the Mongoose. You're just saying things. He's damned well not going to get to know my inferior complex. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm trying to find uh, things that are like, well, you know, be naturally fit in, but it's not really working. Um, Here we we go. This is what I have to tell you. If you're kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you're not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. Yeah, that sounds like something Christine would say. (laughs) Except like kill it would be something more humane but still equally threatening so. i will steal them away and keep them in my bedroom you know what the threat would be i'll love them forever and they'll never leave your world <laughs> <laughs> um christine do you have a reason why you drink this halloween you're looking stop looking turn your head you bastard i cannot stand your eyes that's why i drink um i just i'm like getting into the spirit that one of worked. jeff thank you that one, that um, one worked uh, you know, um, I. Where drink. are we going? Oh. I'm taking this thing off. I'm sorry. Okay. It's really, it's really itchy. I was gonna uh, say there are those shoulders I apparently yeah. love so much. <laughs> okay, listen. I got hit on two times yesterday wearing this. Not even hit on, but like just creepily cat called by old men wearing Ugh. this tank top, and I'm like, okay, so maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a thing I, I think that I didn't a- know about. There's a magical ingredient that that shirt is providing you. I don't know what <laughs> it, must, it is. It's literally Spanx brand tank top. So I don't know if Bingo. that's that's it. But anyway, um, anyhow, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I drink. I've done enough talking today. Why do you drink them? Oh, my God. Um, I drink. What do I what do I do? Why, why do I drink? Oh, you know, I was going to ask you a question, but. If you want to, but if you want to tell a reason why you drink first, that works too. Okay, sure. I um, drink because I'm a little stressed out. Um, I Allison is getting two birthdays this year. What? And by the time this comes out, I guess it's you know it's already happened because her birthday is ten twenty earlier in October. And um, yeah, so last year. I don't remember what happened at this point, but she didn't get a birthday. We kept pushing it off and Aww. I kept saying like, oh, I'll do it later. And then there was this one thing I really wanted to take her to, but they kept pushing it. I think there was like some like local drama about like about this like, event not coming back. And I, I, they kept saying like, oh, we're going to push to next month or oh, we're relocating. Oh. So I kept waiting and I was like, let's do your birthday when this thing happens, but that it kept not happening. And so now a whole year, I, I gave up like a few months ago on it, but um eventually got to a point where like her actual birthday was coming up again. And so again. I, was like, I was like, what the fuck do I do? So she's getting a double whammy this year and nice. I'm, I'm just a little stressed about getting it all handled, but it will get handled. You'll some, get it handled. At I the stroke of midnight, you. I'll have some sort of genius, you know? Yeah. Um, just call me. I um, have all sorts of uh, odd objects laying around that i could ship your way if you need you know a tail if you need a crown a well, mothman wing <laughs> thank you the thing is i already have a bunch of presents because i've bought her things throughout the year plus i have Smart. all of last year's fucking presents still oh she wrapped. hasn't even opened her presents yet from last year that's funny. no and i know exactly what i'm gonna do like food wise i know what i'm gonna do like i just don't know how to tie it all together like you know i love a theme and i hate that it currently doesn't have a theme it feels so. like too dis it's disjointed like, Oh, here's just like a random day. No, 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 no. Like it's got to be. I wanted to have a thing. Like every like her, our her first birthday was a scavenger hunt. The next one we mm. went on a trip. The next way like there was like a concise thing we did. And like and then the next year you did nothing. So that was a concise so, thing too. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's up. That was. I I'm going to pretend that was Jeff talking. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um. 
yeah so i just i feel bad that like i've got a bunch of like ideas but they're not strung together in like a way and so mm. i'm i'm just panicking about figuring that out but anyway you know. i know you'll nail it i know that doesn't help your anxiety but i know you'll nail it thank you especially because allison cares zero percent compared I know. to me so she's you know. like i don't care i didn't even remember that we didn't do my birthday no she we she, we've talked about it quite a lot okay oh, oh she definitely remembers okay got it got it got it got not it. in like a fight way but it's become a running joke of like hey so when are we doing my birthday oh, and at funny. this point i'm like are we just celebrating last year and then i it's anyway you got to do anyway. double i get i see what you're saying now it's just it's <sighs> come to it to a head you have to the, commit this year the pressure's on so anyway that's why i drank what was the question you had Oh, so, well, I thought since we've done our podcast for so long and we never really um, talked, I don't think we did. Maybe we did earlier or maybe we do every year and I just forget. But I feel like I've never really asked you, like, what Halloween was like for you as a kid, you know, and like your favorite oh, costumes. I'm sure, I'm sure we talked about that before, like our favorite costumes. But I'm curious, like, what your Halloween was like as a kid. Like, what did you I guys do? I feel like we're falling in love all over again. I this know. Nice. I feel like this is one of those, like, partner, like, where you pick a card out of, like, a deck that says like ask your partner questions i i i i I appreciate being i appreciate your curiosity christine oh yeah i was wondering today and then i was like why don't i just ask stupid that was (laughs) me that was jeff talking to me you know and i actually don't know what it was like for you either i just imagine some like crazy like german folklore situation (laughs) like like krampus (laughs) snuggled up to you or something um so yeah i don't know what yours was like either um mine was um well the school always had like a halloween parade situation Mm. i always it should have been obvious much earlier on mom but i always picked very masculine presenting you weren't like jasmine like every other girl in uh, no i was always something either in like like mad scientist vampire star wars batman territory um and um mom mom uh and she goes i never knew i never saw it coming okay i never knew (laughs) i guess you just walked around with your eyes closed um (laughs) so i so i would always do like the halloween thing and then i don't know what the appropriate time was maybe i like i no one ever told me like when the general time is supposed to start for halloween but we were pillowcase kids not back bag kids like Mm. not like bucket kids um so my mom and I would take a pillowcase and walk through our neighborhood. And a lot of the neighbors were also kids I went to school with. So we all knew each other. So like the oh. parents met up. And I think this was Halloween. I'm pretty sure it's just been so long now because I have, don't trick or treat anymore. But a lot of the moms would all get together at the cul-de-sac and drink wine while <laughs> like, they would bring out their lawn chair and a bottle. Uh-huh. And they and would hand just out say, candy. And since they're since they're at the end of the cul-de-sac, they could look directly down the entire street, and they would just watch all of us go from oh, door to door. Oh, that's like kind of ideal, huh? Yeah, and then usually it was my house, but the, I remember the kids coming over and hanging out in the basement afterwards and doing the Aww. candy exchange thing. How much so. candy would you get? Like a ton? Um, like a third of a pillowcase, half a pillowcase. Oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um. What was your yeah. favorite costume from growing up? Like, did you have one where you were like, God, are oh, we this on, like, one a was fucking first epic. date? What's happening? Well, because I don't know. I'm just curious. And I feel like um, if I don't ask I'm, now, I'll have to wait another year. I'm No, I'm flattered. I'm just like, oh, my God, the attention's on me. Um, I, like, want to make a good impression on like, you. Uh, maybe I need to dress like Jeff more often. It, like, changes my personality somehow. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. It's well, and then also show your shoulders. Apparently, I guess so I'm mm-hmm. like really flustered on this first date. Um, uh, what was my favorite candy? I was a Milky Way kid. Oh, yummy! Nowadays, it's still in my like top ten, but it's. I think I've I've definitely fallen into take fives. I like Twix. Oh, I like a take five and a Twix. Um, I mean, I like it all. I don't know. Who am I kidding? I don't like anything with nuts. I, I tried to be like a Snickers no. kid, but it, it just didn't work out. So I like um, the texture better with nuts, but hmm. I, like, like, I don't like do you... Heath bar. I don't like malt Ugh, or like Butterfinger. My dad oh my God, was always... Look at my tongue. You look like an actual cryptid. Um... Holy shit. I look like... Hold on. Let me get him. Where'd he go? Oh, he fell. Krampus. Oh, here he is. You're inverted. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i need to be krampus for halloween next he's year. got a black body you got a black tongue vice versa oh my god look at us <laughs> um speaking of krampus and what i imagine is your life in a haunted castle above a cemetery <laughs> um which was reality by the way what on earth did halloween look like for you because i imagine you were the house on haunted hill that everyone was scared to get candy from nobody ever came to our house but also it was on a private drive and like up a hill that you had to walk past a very steep hill with a cemetery on the side and there were no street lights so like nobody ever came or if they did it was like wow you trekked all the way up here for just this house for us to not give you candy because we did not plan for this Um, so nobody really ever came, but when we were like younger, we lived on a street with like tons of houses. And so it was, um, it was a riot. We always loved Halloween. Like it was a big deal. I had like countdowns. I got like the Oriental trading catalog and would like circle everything I wanted. We didn't like actually order it, but just looking through it. That was what I did. Isn't that fun? Maybe that was like, um, like a generational thing. It had to be a generational thing, right? Keep in mind, if you happen to be younger and listening to this, we didn't have online shopping. We Internet. Had, we had the like one or two catalogs like that came Pottery into Bar the mail. Teen would come and we'd be like, whoa. And you would get a Sharpie and you would circle all the things you liked and you would like very obviously what? leave yeah, it somewhere. Leave it on the counter and it would turn up in the trash. And I was like, mom, I circled all the things I want. She's like, I know. Congratulations. <laughs> that was like for Christmas. My mom would always be like, oh, here are some magazines. Circle what you want. And that's how I oh, how would fun. request things. Otherwise, how would I know? Um, but uh, OK, so what was your like your costume aesthetic for the most part? And what was how did what was it like for you, especially with a brother and then a sister later? Mm. Like what was would you guys go out together? Did you like conspire at school with a group of kids or was it just the two of you it was always our neighbors celine and austin and sophia who are next door neighbors and we always went trick-or-treating together our dads would always be the chaperones and they all my stepdad and their dad would always dress up as train conductors i don't know why i don't know if they like thing i've heard my entire life I, it is and like they were both engineers like chemical or plastics engineers so i'm like maybe they and they like had worked together before that's how my mom met tim so i'm like maybe they had some weird meeting about like i don't know why but and to this day tim always dresses as a train conductor and I, they had like I, the train whistle burp, burp. it was i will bizarre. say he looks like a drawing of a train conductor he does imagine and, the suspenders i mean yeah it's like and the little ascot and shit nailed like I, the, the handkerchief nailed it yep 
I feel like he, I don't know him well enough, but he also does give vibes of having a special interest in trains. Yes, he does. He does. And I feel like he would and I wouldn't know it. And then one day he would just like say something really specific about trains and we'd all be like, of course you would know that, you know? Well, he'd be like, oh, come down to my basement and he'd pull a dusty tarp <laughs> off a big table and there's like, the whole city in tiny miniature train collected. world. <laughs> that is a, he's a very dad guy, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he definitely likes trains and cars all that business but yeah we'd always dress up but we always had really weird costumes like i know that doesn't surprise you but like one year i dressed as my third grade teacher when i was in third grade <laughs> and i wonder You're... why i like never had friends at school but like i was such a girl dork. this is where i have to ask for the rest of us wondering did is this like your first clue that maybe you were <laughs> Did you have a crush on her? Is that where the we are? The problem was she was like 85. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. To some it people, doesn't, you know? but like it was definitely just me being like, I don't know, sucking up to my teacher. Well, she and I oh. also used to email to each other a lot. It <laughs> Please, you were having a love affair. You totally, either you had a crush on her or a therapist would deep dive into why you felt so safe with her, you know? I think. I think I definitely also had a... I had or a people-pleasing you know, complex, maybe. Um, yeah, there are a few things looking back where I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like, one year I was Harry Potter, and everyone was like, oh, you're Hermione. And I was like, no, I'm Harry Potter, because I, I think, like, I was kind of in love with Hermione, so I thought, like, oh, if I'm Harry mm -hmm. Potter, like, me, I don't know. And then there were also um, some things where one year I just dressed up as a boy. Nowadays, I'm like, girl, me too. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm I like, still do uh, it. Right I remember now. I sharpied, I took brown Sharpie and drew myself like a nice little, some facial hair and it didn't come off for like two weeks. Do you um, know how affirming it was the first time I drew a oh, I beard bet. on my face? And oh, I then, bet. And then like my, I heard like the door open and my mom came home and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Why did I use brown Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, it you know, it was always very chaotic. One year, my mother did. So she always, like, made our costumes. But one year, she finally broke down and bought me a costume out of a catalog. Mm -hmm. And it was, of all things, a cheerleader costume with, oh, like, sequins gosh. on it. Did and, you like, like it? I loved it. I was probably, like, okay. seven or so. And there's this photo of me. And, like, it looks like I'm just... I don't know, in heaven. And I have, like, for the first time ever, my mom put, like, a tiny bit of blush on my face. I was oh. so happy. Um, so that was, like, the most memorable, even though, you know, we I, we just fucking love. We used to come home, like, genuinely with, like, humongous. Like, our stepdads are also, or my stepdad is also very, like, dad in that he's like let's find the perfect route and get as much candy as possible and so we'd like take shortcuts and you know run from one street to the next and so we'd come home with like i mean it's like pillowcase fulls plus more it was crazy and then it's we'd the like count them all it was so fun it's the one time a year when you don't like feel embarrassed by your dad because his like weird Finally, level of practicality yes. is yes. coming in handy like it's like oh you're gonna like take us on a fucking candy it's adventure. like the first time i cared about a map i couldn't read it because i still yeah. don't understand <laughs> how they work but like it's the first time where i thought okay tim's writing down a map that i'm actually gonna follow yeah for uh, yeah. once i think i will <laughs> learn how to use a compass yeah such a good point <laughs> it's like oh because he's embarrassing like any dad is embarrassing is, yeah. most of the time until all of a sudden you're gonna get a 
pillowcase full of candy Extra by the end Extra Milky Way to bring home. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, we just loved Halloween. I just figured you also had like, and it was the same thing where my mom and her, uh, our neighbor's mom, while our dads were trained engineers or whatever they would sit on my mom's porch and drink wine out of like a giant they call it like the big giant bottle um and eat candy and just like hand it out and drink and was there did you then become the um chaperone when your sister showed up no tim still did that because then i was old enough that i wanted to go out Mm. to bars (laughs) okay all right (laughs) i I went once with her and she was a raccoon princess and i was like i don't know what that means but you're doing a good job it's like you're a very pretty trash panda yeah (laughs) you're a very pretty trash panda princess with a staff and like a horn you know you're doing it really great um but i have to go drink coors light with my new boyfriend blaze um so (laughs) i was not always the best at being an older sister but now i sit in the front of my house with a bottle of wine with my mom and we eat candy and hand it out it's really fun i'm like oh i kind of get it now i get the i get the desire to just sit there and uh you know look at cute kids costumes and drink wine it's the best is next year uh, this is again i know nothing about children is next year like the first trick-or-treating year for leona you know, i don't i don't know em i'm not really sure but i think so i feel like this year we might like kind of walk down the street but like i don't think I mean, she's not going to remember she's, it. She doesn't really know it, like, get it? I don't know. Yeah. But, like, four-year-olds, really... I think, like, eat that shit up. Y- yeah. I feel like that's when she's going to be like, oh, I understand how this works. I yeah, get candy. We'll, we'll have a new little addition to our coven, maybe. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. If, yeah, if, if you, you don't do it next over, year. Come over here and be a chaperone. Yeah. If feel you, free, because I don't want to do it. You at least got to do it by four, I think. So. All right. I got some time. Cool. Well, All right. thank you for asking and thank you for answering my, no, <laughs> my I, surprise I, questions. I mean, I'm sorry to everyone else who just listened to us like like for 40 minutes, <laughs> like just um, learn all about each other again. Like it's the first time. But... Like we've just met. Did your mom dress up? Sorry. Last question. Like, did your mom dress up every year or not really? Because mine no, did not. She no. like, had no interest. I don't think I even know if that was like a thing i think like if we were hosting a halloween party okay fair point i feel like i feel like moms didn't really dress up unless like they were part of an event or something i think if i asked my mom to she would have done it but i I think she's also wearing a tail around my neck (laughs) like a lunatic i think she's very glad that um i never asked her to do it yeah mine too had i known that was an option i probably would have um yeah yep yep I know when she was, I think up until like the year I was born, she was doing Halloween though, because I have a picture of her dressed as Wonder Woman. And by the way, she looked fine. Like, in. She looked to so pull that damn costume thin. off, man. She looked good. I've seen that photo. Have you seen that photo? And my yeah, dad was sent um, it to me once. Superman. The two of them both. I was like, okay, Justice League. What's Power going couple. on? Couple. <laughs> I know. Well, for uh, for for a minute, maybe. <laughs> You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access 
to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I, I'm excited to tell you my story. I can't wait. Um, I was trying to think of something very Halloween-y, and I led into it last week with talking about black cats. And this time around, I kind of did a bit of a shift. It's not like a classic Halloween, but I thought for Halloween, we should talk about something that's like dark and scary. Mm. And so, but then, anyway, let's just get into it because um, I just wanted to try a topic that we haven't done before, and I've been holding off on this. because I'm afraid that like I'll be expected to like do a like a series like once I've done one I should do all the others mm. but I don't know if that's the case but let, we're starting with one today I thought we should talk about one of the seven princes from hell <gasps> one an an arc demon if you will oh my 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 I'm ready so today for Halloween we are doing a 101 on Beelzebub uh, shut the fuck up I feel like Jeff. Jeff's ears are ringing. He's amped for this. He's saying, oh, my buddy down there. Okay. Oh, my friend. <laughs> so let's crack into it. Oh, beautiful. I already opened mine, but you can pretend. I've been looking at this water. Oh, no. I've been talking for 40 minutes. <laughs> You're just <It's> okay. thirsty. <laughs> I just wanted uh, for the vibe. I was like, I can't open it. I can't open it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Beelzebub. And by the way. I don't know if you know, but like history is very long and um, there's history a lot in general is long in, or in his... general, but also sure. like 
as long as Beelzebub's existence is also pretty long. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's also like very controversial. There's like a lot of hot debates on his origins. Um, oh. Scholars don't totally know where he came from. So I'm giving like, if you wanted like a six hour thing on the backstory of Beelzebub, I hate to break it to you. This is yet another dipping your toe in 101. Okay. Um, Otherwise, it was going to be way too overwhelming. I think we it, can all appreciate that, though, as probably most of us are new to the to the backstory of Beelzebub. I didn't know it at all. And so, like, my understanding up until this point, especially as someone who was not raised um, in a Christian household, which mm. in my mind means something different, um, I always assumed it was just a nickname for the devil. Right, I didn't right, right. know that he was his own demon. He's a separate crea- creature. Creature? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Entity? Being? Entity. Figure. Hottie? Icon. Hottie? Icon. Yeah. yeah That's for it. Sure. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> um, Nailed it. <laughs> so um, these days he is wildly associated with Christian demonology. He is known as one of the seven <laughs> princes of hell. And uh, it's not a name for Satan. Like it doesn't become conflated with Satan until the New Testament when Beelzebub, um, it, the name is used when talking i think about see this is like immediately where it gets confusing because and one way beelzebub's being mentioned uh and it gets conflated with satan but also i think in judaism uh jews started using the word and conflating it with satan because satan at the time was a verb for um oh satan wasn't a person it was a verb for like temptation or um having a hard time like getting over a something verb or like a noun a, a verb it was like tempting or, or oh, overcoming really? overcoming temptation so and then over time kind of morphed into a figure and so that's another whole theory there's i'm telling you this was hard <laughs> this, was, this <laughs> seems was very hard. complex and yeah so we're gonna go with kind of the mainstream stuff before i just get into nitty-gritty <laughs> you know Fair. Um, so before all that, Beelzebub had roots in ancient Jewish, Christian, and pagan lore. So his story is very difficult to pin down. But um, starting out hot, there are a lot of variations to his name, too. That are all They all vary by culture, by language, and they have their own histories. But sometimes you'll hear Baalzebub, Beelzebuth, mm-hmm. or Beelzebuth, and then Beelzebul. But if you hear anything Whoa. like that, it all becomes Beelzebub. Um, mainly it's theorized that before he got wrapped up in like officially Christian demonology, um, like seen as a demon, he was actually a God. Uh, there is a story about Ahaziah in the Bible, which if you know more than I do, which I'm sure you do, please jump in. Um, but Ahaziah, no? Oh, okay. I don't think so. It's not ringing a bell yet. Let me teach you about the Bible then, Christine. (laughs) Finally. So Ahaziah was a ruler of the kingdom of Judah, and he suffered very badly from a fall, and he sent messengers to seek answers for him about his recovery, and he sent these messengers to the city of Ekron. Um, And I guess Ekron was uh, a Philistine city, um, which was they were a major enemy fr- to the Israelites. Mm. Um, and so even though I guess they were enemies, he was like, I don't care. I want to go 
I want our, my messengers to go to the city of Ekron anyway, because I want advice from the god of Ekron, Balzebub. Oh, okay. And so um, Balzebub is a name that might have actually meant ball of, B-A-A-L, not ball. Mm-hmm. Ball of Flies or Lord of Flies. So that's why he's associated now with flies and why Uh, when you think of like the exorcisms, uh, the exorcism stories out there, there's like flies everywhere. Yes, they think that that must be one of his indicators that he's nearby. And so in Hebrew and Jewish literature, Beelzebub actually means Lord of Dung or Lord of Filth. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) But those also often include flies, right? So Right, sure. That makes sense. So flies are um, kind of his thing. If, if you know, your stepdad Good is for to him. trains, Beelzebub <laughs> is to flies. Listen, someone had to be the stepdad to flies, and I guess it's Beelzebub. It's got to be. So in ancient religions, Beelzebub is linked to, um, he's linked to sacrifice. So remember, he's like still seen as a god, right? Right, And he's linked to sacrifice because he's the one that would drive away or control flies when bloodshed appeared. Oh, okay. And for a long time, flies also symbolized plague, death, and sickness. And although those sound like really dark things, he was still in charge of sickness, therefore preventing sickness. So like the opposite, right? Yeah. Interesting. And so maybe he could help with Ahaziah's sickness after he had this fall and he had these injuries. So that's why he sent his messengers to this god, because he is the god of sickness and health. Um, But like I said, Ekron was a Philistine. Am I saying that right? Philistine, not Philistine. I think so. I I don't know. I was wondering that too. I looked it up, and it, I on YouTube, a lot of people were saying Philistine, but maybe they're also all like me. Philistine, Philistine, Philistine. Maybe you are a Philistine, and that's why you're saying it wrong. Philistine, Philistine. I think that's fine. <laughs> With okay. all the authority that that holds, I think that's <laughs> <Right>. fine. <laughs> uh, like, if you... I'm sorry this isn't the church you were looking for. If someone's <laughs> upset that I'm saying Philistine wrong, I'm trying. Um, so... He was the god of Ekron, which was a, or Ekron, which was a Philistine city, again, major enemy of the Israelites. And Ahaziah's messengers were supposed to go anyway and meet one of Balzebub's oracles. So that way they could Ooh. ask what Balzebub uh, could do for their king. But they get stopped along the way and they don't actually get mm. to meet Balzebub. And that's because the god of, in Israel was mad that Ahaziah didn't go to him for help. And instead, he went to the god in Ekron. Yeah, it's not a good look. So he sends uh, an angel to uh, Elijah, this guy Elijah. And he has the angel. T- it's like such a fucking long game of telephone. Like, this is where I get confused <laughs> with Christianity. I'm like, God, could you not just like send a text directly to Ahaziah? Right. Like, can't you just say it? You know, like, make this it is- easy. You're so messy. Like, why are you telling the angel to tell Elijah to tell the messengers to it's tell Ahaziah? Like you want to be part of the drama. I mean, like, girl, I'm just saying what it looks like. If you create everything, including the fucking problem, like, yeah. <laughs> whoa, you heard it here whoa. first. Loaded whoa. statement. Whoa. I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm not part of this anymore. <laughs> that was all M. <laughs> all I'm saying is in this scenario, you sound like a little bit of a shit stirrer. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> correct. So he, he, and also like you're mad that, okay, whatever. So he's upset that like he wasn't like discussed with or talked to. 
So he tells the angel, go to Elijah. Tell Elijah to go to the messengers and tell the messengers to tell Ahaziah a message from me. But I couldn't <laughs> possibly fucking say it myself, even though I'm God. Um, and make sure you get it right. Okay. <laughs> it's like, just slip a note in the locker. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> like just be done Don't with this. Don't you come in dreams? Just like whisper it. Like, uh, honestly, whatever. no wonder Ahaziah didn't want to talk to you. You know what I'm I mean, saying? I get it. It's like, no offense, but like it seems like he needed some more urgency and you're taking things like the long way for no good reason. The long way. You're making a lot of stops at gas stations on the way That's to the exactly destination. Right. That's exactly right. So, okay. So God's mad. He tells them, you know, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> a, the angel finds Elijah, says, I've got a message for Ahaziah, but I, like God, I'm not going to say it directly. So you <laughs> have to go do it for me. And Elijah finds the king's messengers along the way, because remember, they're tr- going right. to Ekron to talk to a middleman for Balzabub. All these right. people are so fucking messy. Um, <laughs> but Elijah and the messengers find each other. And Elijah says, tell Ahaziah that he has to talk to God. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, we, like that's oh, not even God's helpful. Sake. Exactly. So um, you have to talk to the God of Israel. He's mad at you. Mm, so Ahaziah's messengers tell Ahaziah this and Ahaziah is pissed that Elijah disrupted them from this whole goose chase to find somebody who could help him. Tisk tisk tisk. So he refuses. He's basically saying all the things I'm saying right now and he refuses to consult God. He's like this is crazy. Like this is so petty. <laughs> um this makes God mad. Um and God goes back to Elijah and then tells Elijah again, tell Ahaziah something for me, since uh-huh. Ahaziah's mad at me. Now I'm mad at him, even though I was mad before. Tell Ahaziah, since you went to a different god than me, you're going to die. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is it's like, hard to mess that up during the game of telephone. Like, you're going <laughs> to die. It's like pretty clear message. At least there's no like ifs, ands, or buts about it this time. Also, like, why go, why, like, Elijah at this point has to be like, why don't you just kill him? Like, why do I have to just go tell right. him? And then, <laughs> it's like oh so awkward God. that I have to go tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this oh, is, you're putting me in a like tough a spot because you don't Seriously. want to confront him. Um, so anyway, some believe that in this whole story, uh, because Balzabub's origin was like him as like this Philistine deity, that right. must have made him a natural god, a natural enemy of God in Israel. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, because it was God versus Balzabub, uh, it led to him over time being seen as a demon because he was the enemy of God. Okay, I see. Which I feel like the God all... was mad that they that they talked to him instead of yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like so, God was jealous of him, and now he's a demon. He's like, talk about a PR stunt, like wow. smear campaign. I mean, and it worked. It worked. It worked. And by the way, Balzabub, keep in mind, Ahaziah sent messengers to talk to an oracle who they never even got to. So the yeah. oracle never even got to talk to Balzabub. Balzabub didn't even talk to anybody in this whole story. And now he's a demon. Like He just like wakes up from a nap and is like, wait, what? Why? Why, why is my phone blowing up? Why, is, yes. why am I canceled all of a sudden? Exactly. He's like, I literally didn't even know these fucking people had a meeting with my guy. What are you talking like, about? What? Where, yeah, I and think now that's he's really a demon. unfair, honestly. 
by the way, if there was ever a Bible class where it was discussed like this, I might have actually become a Christian. I would have been like, say you're doing a really good job at like being God when you're like, tell him that I said I heard what he said and I (laughs) think he's going to die. I feel like you'd be very good if we did like a nativity play or something like you'd be really good at being the and then Balzabub was like motherfucker i'll be like, balls above i'll just sleep in the corner wake up and be like what the fuck did i do <laughs> it really Covered like flies <laughs> if this is how it was discussed to me in youth group i would have fully <laughs> converted for the drama same i would have been all about bible study man it'd be like how i got into like my stories my shows where it's like i don't even want to watch stories. it but i have to know what happens next <laughs> yeah So, okay. So now we know where, in theory, Balzabub became a demon. Right. Um, He went from a deity who would protect people against illness to becoming this, like, evil entity who sends flies symbolizing sickness to people. So now he's, like, causing plagues. Okay. Um, Other scholars believe that his name comes from the ancient words foe, enemy, and adversary. Oh. Oh, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. I have three spirits and their names are foe, faith, and truth. That's one of the um, Jeff the Mongoose quotes. Wow. You really did find a way to fit that in. I don't know why that's a quote from Jeff the Mongoose, but it is. So are you just apparently that's one of my spirits, foe. Hang on. Let me have a think. Are you just um, scanning the quotes over and over while I tell the story looking for inserts? The one with foe I had in my head already. And then you said foe. So I went to the tab and I typed in control F and typed in foe and found it. Sneaky, sneaky. That's the only one I remember. So it's not going to happen again, unfortunately, or fortunately. I understand. Well, Mm. eventually the figure Beelzebub evolves from those words of foe adversary to become an arc demon in religious lore. Wow. Really blows up all of a sudden. Just like villain villain origin of the century. Yeah. And I'm saying archdemon, is that right? Because archangel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not archdemon. That's right. No, I think arch. it's arc. Okay. So archdemons, for those who don't know, I didn't know. I I mean, they sound like the head bitch in charge, It's which right. is pretty much how it is also explained to me on Google, which is they're leaders of <laughs> the demonic hosts in hell. The same way that... Um, <laughs> Like archangels are kind of in charge of the other angels in heaven. I see. The arch- They're like the manager the- level, head bitch, supervisors. In yeah. One scholar named David Silantko, uh, he suggests that archdemons all actually started just as negative words and concepts that over time mm. figures were created to embody these words. So oh. by that theory, demons like just don't exist they're just symbolic for negativity um interesting so an example is balial who is another uh, prince of hell or no i don't know if he's a prince of hell but he's 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 an arc demon he's in um, a crowd crowd they they mingle at parties at the very least yeah. so um balial meant to be wicked or to stand against god and over time a figure just kind of developed out of that concept and now Belial as a demon exists. I see. Um, or even Satan meant to, uh, well, and I guess in ancient Judaism, it meant what I say earlier, like overcoming temptation. There's yeah. also the definition of Satan being um, 
meaning to accuse somebody or to point out guilt and sins. So, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And eventually that role became known as Satan, who accuses you of your guilt and your sins. Okay. So perhaps Beelzebub also started out as a negative word and eventually evolved into just another archdemon. And Beelzebub shows up in the New Testament. This is what I was talking about earlier. He shows up in the New Testament when Jesus meets a man possessed by demons who couldn't <gasps> see or speak. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whoopsies. But never to fear, Jesus <laughs> drove out the demons and he healed the man claiming that he exercised him with divine power. It's like power. a very ableist story. <laughs> like he's blind. You don't he must say. be possessed by demons. Okay, sure. It's not only is something crazy wrong with him but yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. beyond the scope of the earth it must no. come from above <laughs> god has below. to fix it <laughs> yeah or below correct so um the opponents of jesus said that okay you use these powers to drive out the demons and heal him but your powers must have come from a demonic place Aha. Uh-huh. Um, it's like any magic is bad magic, like that kind exactly. of headspace. Okay. It's like you're not that special girl. You know, like you <laughs> are doing something shady and it seems a little evil and you know how to mess with demons. What's this? We see right through you. Yeah. It's not like you just woke up today and just learned today how to repel demons unless you know where this is coming from. Yeah, likely story, my pal my pal. And there is actually being, that's being be, be being not a narc. My pal, <laughs> my guy, my guy, my my big guy, <laughs> my big my big strong guy. Um, so his opponent said, "It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that he that he can drive out demons." Mm. And Jesus says, "This is like such boy math." Uh, okay, so he goes, <laughs> "If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. Uh, how can?" He, how then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? Um, which basically he's saying, was... he's saying, like, it... whatever you just said, fine, I give up. <laughs> that also feels like a dude thing. It's like, if I see something kind of like vague and complicated, no really one will complicated. like stop me. <laughs> it's like kind of convoluted, but it's it like sounds I... smart. <laughs> it's like when someone in tech is describing their job and I'm like, you know what? It's better if you just don't say anything. You know I'll what? Disagree. You win. <laughs> like congratulations honestly rather i'll pay you to not tell me what you do um (laughs) because i don't need the headache so um basically he's saying uh it makes no sense to use demon powers to chase away demons because demons don't fight each other um because they need each other or else their kingdom would fail right sure okay kind of the point he's getting at whatever you Um, say i would argue that there's less logic when it comes to demonic energy but you know, it's Jesus, so who am I to say anything? Um, potato, potato, you know? Yeah. So this passage is significant, though, because it actually names Beelzebub as a prince of demons, and that makes him officially very relevant in uh-huh. Christian demonology. Okay. So there's also the Testament of Solomon. Do you... Has, does yes, that sound familiar to you? I actually you? know this one. Oh, great. So true or false, Beelzebub's involved in that. Oh, I don't know that part. I only know the part with the baby. Oh, great. <laughs> okay is that a different thing <laughs> i don't know i'm look okay. i totally i went off my notes and i tried my best and i'm and i looked at multiple sources to make sure that all of this sounded right but i wasn't i didn't look in a bible you know so if i if i'm I if know. i'm remembering correctly 
Solomon was a very wise king and mm-hmm. that was what he was known for. And um, there were there were two women who were claiming uh, m- mother. I'm trying to think of the right to you be the mother of to. this baby. <laughs> OK. And they were they were arguing back and forth and they were trying to get the baby. They went to King Solomon and he said, OK, we'll cut the baby in half. Oh, yes, I know this. Story. You each can have a half. And then one of the women said, no, no, no. I'd rather she take the baby. Right. And then he said, that means you're the real mother because you didn't mm-hmm. want to cut the baby in half, which kind of thinking about it, I'm like, would either one want whatever? Anyway. Um, like, who was going to say, yeah, I'll take the top half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great plan. I want the one with diapers on it. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So that's a story. No, I, 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 I'm delighted to hear that Beelzebub is involved somehow in Solomon's story. Yeah, so in it, apparently, Beelzebub declares himself the ruler of demons. I don't know how we missed this part. Oh, <laughs> uh, that part was not related to me, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think there maybe there's a, a couple um, accounts of oh. King Solomon in here. And, and so yeah. he declares himself the ruler of demons and convinces him, humans to worship demons instead of God. Um, but Beelzebub Yikes. also claims that he has the ability to cause jealousy and wars and incite murder. So, you know, bad luck. He shouldn't have led with that. Wow. But um, we aren't sure, though, when it was written. It could have been sometime between 100 AD and 1000 AD. And it is the whole testament of Solomon is rejected by scholars and often not considered religious canon. Oh. Fun fact. Um, Didn't know that. But... It's still relevant because in the late Middle Ages, European writers got super into demonology and they kind of brought this back and used it a lot for their own writings about specific figures in hell. I see. Okay. So then even though if it's even if it's not considered canon by all religions, it's still well known by all religions because it got right. kind of repopularized. Revamped. So revamped, yeah. And so Beelzebub was often written about and equated with Satan. Um, and they both essentially kind of have the same role as being, you know, a demon. I don't know how different you can really be, but, um, in my mind, I'm sure there's like a, a whole group of witches out there one who are like, flies, they're very different. One <laughs> but, has, yeah, I mean, come on now. But in my image of demon, I feel like you could put anyone's name to it and they all kind of, you know, yeah, when, when yeah, one yeah. calls out sick, another can jump in real quick. That's right. Mind, there's like a general know? through line narrative. Yeah. That connects yeah. them. I get it. Yeah. Um, in the 16th century, archdemons became associated with the seven deadly sins, which we talked about in episode 316. Mm-hmm. And this was, so 200 years before this was um, when Dante's Divine Comedy came out and was like a really popular book. A banger. And so, yeah. A banger. Of, it did mm-hmm. not, not in its flop era. Um, no, certainly not. <laughs> So it was huge, and that's what uh, got people really into Seven Deadly Sins. And then by the 16th century, so 200 years later, Archdemons became associated with these Seven Deadly Sins. Um, And that was kind of where Archdemons really fucking thrived, because now they, Mm. instead of being a vague demon that, you know, I guess he's not so vague if he's known for, like, sickness, and, you know, he apparently either looks like a giant fly or is covered in flies at some point. (laughs) Um, He... It's now you can take like one word, one sin, and asso- attribute it to each demon, and they just kind of become more Got it. part of the zeitgeist. Their identities um, are like narrowed down to like a core, yes, concept. Okay, it's easier to remember. Um, yeah. So 
because there were seven deadly sins, they needed seven demons. So they had seven arc demons um, that were linked to these. Do you, do you happen to know any of the associations? Oh, I should. I don't. I should. I feel like we covered this on rituals once or not covered it, but talked about it. And I can't remember. So um, the main one, the most powerful one is Lucifer, right. which is another one. I forget that Lucifer and Satan are not the same. I know person. those it, seem conflated to me all the time, but I guess they're not. So Lucifer is the Prince of Pride. Um, ironically, pride. he's also the most powerful, although I wonder if he's just saying that because he's the yeah, Prince he of Pride. Um, <laughs> That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> there's uh, Mammon, who is the Prince of Greed. There's Leviathan, who's the Prince of Envy. There's okay. uh, Belphegor, who is the Prince of Sloth. Mm. Then there's Asmodeus, the Prince of Lust. Satan or Santinus, who is the uh, oh, prince of, I literally, my next bullet is, this reminds me of that TikTok song. <laughs> I miss it. I miss seeing it on my feet every day. But you know what's interesting? Okay, so Santinus is the prince of wrath and Beelzebub is now the prince of gluttony, which we'll get into. Ooh, but okay. Interesting because I thought that song, if you don't know what we're talking about on TikTok, there's um, there's a, <laughs> an audio clip that people were using a lot that was... Yeah. Like an orchestra sound of people singing different demons' names, and it was like Elios, Behemoth, the so good, so beautiful. Thank you. And um, but I'm realizing Belial and Behemoth are not only four of those. The six that get mentioned in that song were arc demons, so I don't know why they picked those six. Maybe because it just fit, it rhymed, just sounded right. Yeah. Whatever. But fun fact, because I always thought, oh, those must be like all the princes of hell. But yeah. there's only six of them and two of them aren't princes of or aren't For aren't once, demons. TikTok isn't factually true, which is hard to believe. But I whatever. honestly reject that. I so. reject that as well. You're, you're right. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. 
Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So the one to assign each archdemon with a certain sin was this guy named Peter Binsfield, who was a big pro-torture witch hunter. Um, oh, he was very into the torturing people until they confessed thing. Um, right. It sounds so like I, he was into these demons for more than just like naming them, but whatever. Sounds whatever like guy. he was into studying them to justify any of his mm-hmm. his claims against women he didn't sounds like. Sounds problematic. So I don't know why we take his word on this, but, <laughs> but apparently he's the expert. So, or it's at least what we now know them by. So, yeah. um, and yes, Beelzebub is the prince of gluttony, which didn't totally make sense to me at first because I think of flies and sickness because that's all we've talked yeah. about. But he is associated with gluttony because he became so associated with unholy rituals in witchcraft. So, and I'll explain. So witches were thought to use their powers. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but witches were thought to use their powers to overindulge in food and dancing and sex and ultimately overindulge in anything that Christian society was trying to limit or restrict. So if Christian said, don't do this or don't do a lot of it, witches were like, I'm going to do it in excess and there's nothing (laughs) you can do about it. I'm going to have my, you know, I'm not listening to you. So an example (laughs) is that witches gatherings were always described as like having excessive feasts. And Uh eventually that leads into some terrifying blood libel situations because their feasts included human flesh and blood. Babies and shit like that. Yeah. Which my next my next uh, bullet point, you're very on it, Christine. Oh, for uh, once. (laughs) It is. Their big excessive feasts were seen as a perversion of the Eucharist because instead of a small taste of Jesus's blood and body, witches were gorging themselves on blood and bodies. I never thought about that. That's gross. It's gross. But and I guess if you're in that mindset, it makes sense. Like, I I see that there's at least a bit of a connection compared to like, I suppose other stuff. So. Yeah, the connection is that they are all about overindulgence, feasting on humans that are not Jesus's body. Um, and, God forbid. And again, this, like I said, this got into blood libel because it was used to persecute, uh, persecute Jewish people because witches wanted the blood of Christian children for feasts and rituals. And I guess they think the Jews would also be really into taking the blood of christian sure. children for feasts that, and rituals tracks totally tracks because this fell under gluttony or this overindulgence it was thought that of all the demons beelzebub would like this the most and hang out amongst witches the most and um this made him a bit of an icon for the stereotype of witches who make deals with the devil for power okay. um because uh how do i how do i put it well i guess i should mention for there to be a more of a connection for people i think we're stepping away from um uh from beelzebub representing sickness where we should also say that um he was also known to be able to command other demons he was like 
oh. the operator on the end of he the really line, was the HBIC. Yeah, he was the one who was able to summon other demons or contact other demons or reach other demons. And so that's one of the connections that I didn't mention that he that's why he's like the demon for witches, because if they want to summon demons. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So um, (laughs) and he happened because he was then associated with witches. I think he was then associated with gluttony. I think that's the. okay The line. Um, but so he became a bit of an icon because, uh, if witches wanted to make a deal with him, um, speaking of black cats last week, he is said to be Mm. the demon who would send a witch their animal familiar. Oh, good for him. Because he could summon dark, you know, forces. So he would be able to, um, either bring you some sort of demonic familiar, or he could be witch animal on earth to, um, be like your, your medium uh for him that's kind of so, nice <laughs> yeah it's like beelzebub i want a cat for christmas but also i, love, I really need yeah. her to be able to contact other worlds um, i want a cat for christmas too <laughs> so beelzebub was apparently uh the spca if you will and oh that's nice he founded it the witches say i need a friend beelzebub says let me go through our system and see what i can find oh yes here's a black cat for you <laughs> and then he would also give these familiars their gifts again because he could summon that kind of uh magic or that kind of magic wasn't the word but power so he right. often gave familiars the gift of flight premonitions and or shape-shifting so full circle he was wow. once considered the god of preventing illness and now he's helping witches spread plagues of torment to christians that's how he's now okay being at least that like connects i feel like a lot of the story people were just reaching but this, mm-hmm. like, actually, I can see the connection. I can see the, um, as you said earlier, the the villain origin story. Of, yeah. Like, there is He's one... like, I was trying to help, but okay, fine. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I guess, like, you don't want me to prevent sickness, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. This reasoning um, kind of all started during, this is where sickness comes back in. Um the reasoning of all this kind of started during the bubonic plague and people needed mm. someone to blame. And so not only they didn't blame demons just yet, but they wanted to blame someone during this very heated controversial time. So they blamed witches and also, excuse me, they ended up uh, later also blaming Jews and equating them to witches because sure. they were anti-Christian. Why not? And because Beelzebub was helping them, this meant that the witches must be spreading sickness And Mm. that they were immune to sickness because they were in cahoots with the demons. So, which is like another fucked up thing that like, so if you didn't get sick from the plague and you survived, now we're going to accuse you of a witch because you must be immune to this? Yeah, because like, why did you, why didn't you die? And it's like, you're being accused by someone who also didn't die. So seems like kind of a hot calling kettle black situation. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you're a man who survived the plague and you don't like a woman who survived the plague. That is true. Imagine if you're like, a, like a mad married couple that both survived the plague and he's like, Shh, like she's still here. Oh, I know. Oh man. Witch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, it is believed that Peter Binsfield who created the connections between demons and sins, um, he died of the plague and that only helped like spread rumors that witches just got him back. For- oh, jeez telling on them i guess so although few were probably actually doing this back then a lot of modern occultists today actually do work with beelzebub and 
Um, because we're trying to reclaim his original title. He is not all bad. Yeah. Um, okay, I like that. He's said still, I mean, he's like known to be an arc demon, so he's not someone to be summoned lightly. Um, you have to like know what you're doing. <laughs> but <laughs> can you imagine his his bio? He's like, I'm not to be summoned lightly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, okay, guy, calm down. <laughs> yeah, relax. Relax. So he is said to be helpful when it comes to overthrowing or escaping from an abusive person. Um, oh, interesting. I wonder if that's because of like mental health. Like, I don't know if we're like stretching the word sickness, they're stretching the word health, but. Fair point. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I actually, I do know the answer to this. It's because he's also, um, he's the demon of, oh, I didn't write it in my notes uh, about. Um, Conflict or something? Uh, yeah like something like he's like he's for for the tyrants or something like that so like, if you're like running from an authority figure or something oh. like that um yeah that would that makes sense okay so uh he's helpful when trying to escape from an abusive authority and some say he's also helpful uh still in contacting uh, him about like improving your health or to cast oh. a powerful protection over your body which i guess is again we're stretching like your health and, mm-hmm. and your safety so he's good at casting powerful protection he can also be linked to rebirth in the circle of life okay that makes some sense some people say i saw like one blog which like this is I, I liked where he was going, but I don't know how true this is. He was saying, like, because he's involved in health um, and he knows your body at a cellular level, if he's, like, Ooh. the one that can prevent sickness, then, like, you can also use him in, like, rituals about biology. I was like, like, which, like, like I'm homework? sure he meant. That's, <laughs> that's what I thought. I, I'm, I'm sure he means, like, some sort of, like. If he's about rebirth, maybe like plants yeah. or something. We're so but- stupid. We're like, oh, I need help with my bio- AP bio homework. And he's like, that's not what I meant. I meant I like literally- I can help with cellular regeneration. I'm like, ah, okay, I don't know what that means. Never I was mind. like, that makes it sound like Beelzebub has like beakers and is working with Iron Man yeah. or something. Like, but <laughs> He's like dissecting I- frogs. Actually, he might be doing that. That seems like <laughs> something he might actually do, which is disturbing. Whoa, was- sorry. A huge thunderstorm just started and it like like hit the windows scared the crap out of me it was very good timing i feel like i'm i'm in it now um even crazier because my next bullet point is that one of the things you can offer to him is storm water is what Um, storm what storm water oh yeah you can have it (laughs) i'm not gonna Um, take it (laughs) i think that's because of like the the kind of I guess, in my opinion, it's like a bit of a stretch, but health equals health and rebirth can also mean like nature and plants. And oh, yeah, fertile all lands, kind of all that business. So I don't know a situation where I would need this, but Beelzebub can also help you cast curses if you need that. Um, and he's also helpful when it comes to summoning other demons for rituals because that's one of his powers that he can command other demons. And I can see why that would get dicey if you didn't really know what you were doing and you were... Uh, doing it out of anger or something and you wanted to cast a curse exactly or a hex and then you involved an arc demon it seems like it would probably work but then it might come back to bite you or i don't know it seems like it would be a little messy 
like and i i can see why i can see why religious conservatives would hear something like that and be like i don't want to fuck around with witches totally. but like red flag but at the same time i was like looking for an example of why you would need to summon a demon through another demon <laughs> and um one of the examples was like to perform exorcisms is like you might need him oh. to contact another demon for you and like be the mouthpiece to I mean, I don't know how many witches are out there performing exorcisms, but like it's an example of what you could positively use a demon for. You know? Right, right, right. Um, it, and interesting that that's even mentioned because when we covered the exorcism of Anna Eklund, which was episode mm-hmm. thirty-two all those years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> um, Beelzebub is said to be the one who possessed her. So wait a minute—you can possess oh. people, but also you could be called to help with a exorcism i don't know he's like yeah i'll be right there i'm probably not the one in here (laughs) hold on i'm coming (laughs) that's like so awkward (laughs) that's the funniest thing i think you've said all day (laughs) that wasn't me that was jeff and we all know it (laughs) no that was beelzebub inside of you so oh um, shit if you do summon him you might actually also do the opposite of your requests uh, or he'll do the opposite of your request to keep you on track if you don't listen to him it's pretty much like if you woke me up from my nap it better be fucking worth it that's what his (laughs) mentality is okay i get it that because a lot of people will reach out to him because they want to improve their life improve their health but if you're not Uh going to listen to his advice or accept his guidance then he will make things worse until you listen to him so okay I can see that. That's a fair, fair reaction. It's like, do this better. And then if you don't, he's going to be like, you fucking got me out of bed for then this. Why did like, you ask no, 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 Right. No. Yeah. Why did you even ask? So the overall advice is summon him at your own risk. Um, and only when you're ready for his influence, because otherwise things could be more chaotic for you. Yeah. And he will often appear as flies in unusual numbers. And it bodes well for you to make an offering to him, including storm water. He also appreciates insects, taxidermy, composting, and plants, I guess, for the rebirth oh, kind of thing. I just took the compost out today. And by I, I mean Blaze took the compost out. But maybe maybe that's what's happening. The rain, the compost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all making sense. Also, making sense. another offering is expensive alcohol because it would acknowledge his royalty as prince. Oh. <laughs> But the best get offering... some Crown Royale from Target and put that out for you. <laughs> He'd love I, it, I yeah. only said that because when I was looking for crowns on the Target app, it kept bringing up Crown Royale. And I was like, I'm not looking for that right now. I'm looking for a paper crown. <laughs> yeah. Well, my last note is that the best offering you can give him is healthy food because it symbolizes his space in health and sickness. That's weird because if he's the glutton, you'd think. That's a great like, point. But keep in mind, that fucking fucking pro-torture witch hunter is the one who made that claim. Okay, fair point. So maybe he really isn't gluttonous. He's like, I like soy milk. Maybe he is a glutton for healthy food. Okay, that could be possible, yeah. Um, Especially of the healthy foods, apples is a good one for any demon because it represents the knowledge from the tree of life. Oh, they like that shit, yeah. And one blogger, because I was like, what about junk food? One blogger who apparently has experience with Beelzebub Uh-oh. said he does not appreciate junk food. Quote, he won't even eat waffles. Hey, now. I know. Watch that's your mouth, honestly, blogger. I know it's Beelzebub, but that is my biggest problem with him out of everything so far. 
So we both ate frozen waffles today. I meant to tell you, I ate one for lunch with Leona. So you, you know, know what? I have no. This is this is nonsense. Talk about a full circle is that we ate waffles and then I'm ending my notes on waffles. So that seems correct. That seems like how it was always going to be. Yeah. Anyway, wow. that is Beelzebub. I genuinely did not know even 10% of that, I think. That I, I'm really, you know, and this was one of those topics where I'm scared to present it because wow, there's so many theories and wow, there's so much history and wow, there's so many people who know this topic better than me. Yeah. I mean, and including like people who read their Bible every day or witches who have worked with him before. Like, I don't want to say anything that like was wrong, but I was also well, people giving who like... read their Bible every day stopped listening a long time ago after the <laughs> bullshit true. I say about the Bible and pretend to know what King Solomon did. Yeah, I guess I, I'm more worried for the witches out there because I'm I'm sure there's books and books and books just about this guy, and I barely scratched the surface. But yeah, but that's what this podcast. I think for. that's the gist. I think that's, that's the gist. The of it. Yeah, I feel like this is just a this is not a educational podcast in in <laughs> the grand scheme of things, at least. It's it's not often like a two or three parter. So if I can't no. say it in 45 minutes, it's probably not coming out of my mouth. That's so. right. That's right. But um. Anyway, I hope for people who are not heavily into it that it was, I hope it was a, an okay crash course. I think and if you did a great job, if you know more than me, please, you know, let me know. So, Excellent. all right, that was Beelzebub. You did it. All I have to say is, I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused to. I could kill you all, but I won't. I can't tell if that was. Beelzebub, <laughs> Jeff, or Christine. That was too fitting, some might say. You'll never know. I feel okay. like, did we say something where we needed more merch with Jeff? Um, yes. Jeff talking or Jeff something with quotes. I feel like just one quote isn't enough. We almost need like a post, like a motivational like poster. So many good ones. Like, this is me. This is so I guess Jim was the guy whose house he lived in, but I'm going to change it to M. Um, and it says, upon noticing that Jim was, that M was reading the Bible. This is what Jeff said. Hmm. Look at that pious old atheist reading the Bible. He will swear in a minute. <laughs> oh, it's me talking about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading the Bible. I know you're going to swear at me in a second. Blasphemous. Nice try. Uh, oh, my boy. God. I'm Put the so bloody gramophone on. I'm so proud of you um, for dressing up, by the way. I feel so stupid. It didn't even occur to me to dress you up. I was just the most Halloween-y of all. Trust I was me. Yours really, is way better. I was really proud of my sweater, but now no, I'm I realizing, like, sweater. how stupid am I? I didn't fucking dress up for Halloween. It Who didn't cares? even cross. Oh, my gosh. It's This is October 5th. We're way early, like, recording this. And, again, this was an hour before recording t decision. This was a very... <laughs> I know, but now I'm, like... planned What do you... Thing. If you could dress me as anything for Halloween... Or Ooh. undress me, Christine. What? <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> Hubba, <laughs> la, la. Um, <laughs> what would you dress me as? Like, what's a costume mm. you fucking wish I could deliver on? Or you think I could <gasps> deliver on? Okay, 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 okay. I mean, you've already nailed Zach Bagans. Like, there's not even room <laughs> to explore <laughs> that again. I mean, you could be cute as a little hot stuff devil, you know? That's hot, true. Maybe next year we... You want to tag team it next year? <gasps> that would be cute. We could do Casper and Hot Stuff Demon. 
I'll be Casper. You be Casper. I be Demon. Oh, that would be really cute. You know what I think we should also do? We should tag team sometime is our yeah. ghosty guys, our logo for our tour. Oh, our fucking logo. That would be genius. We, I love it. I mean, I could do that anyway because that mine's the ghost. Yours is a skeleton, though. So mine's you, easy because I can just wear like one of those skeleton costumes and hold it. Yeah, a glass it's too easy. <laughs> Except but we it don't would have be fun. We don't have very comfy armoire chairs or whatever they're called. But oh, we could get our hands on those some armchairs, some fancy armchairs. Armchairs, not armoire chairs. I'm so fucking stupid. Um, you just said it fancier. Casper and hot stuff. That'll be us next year. Um, I love Casper and hot stuff. That's a great costume idea. Tm tm cool. tm. Okay, Emothy, I have a kind of like a little hodgepodge for you today, like a smorgasbord, if you will. Mm. Um, I have some Halloween pranks and some Halloween crimes. <sighs> and oh, a trick or a treat. A trick or a treat. That's exactly right. Except it's sort of like a trick and a terrible homicide, but it's close enough. Um, trick or really bad trick. <laughs> or really, really. Trick or worse trick. Um <laughs> So here we go. Now, we've talked about some of this before, and when you've done like history of, you know, certain like carving jack o' lanterns and that kind of thing, like there are a couple little nods to your past notes, but I figure since you and I barely remember what we've said, and I assume most people have moved on with their lives after they listen to an episode, I'm going to say them again for fun. Whee! So, as you can probably imagine, the relationship between Halloween and criminal mischief goes back. For centuries. Mm -hmm. uh, Halloween uh, was actually traditionally believed to come from the ancient pre-Christian Irish fire festival, Sa festival Samhain, which um, we once said, Sam I said Samhain, or I don't know, we said it wrong at one time, and everyone kindly corrected us. Samhain, which now we know very well. Um, it was believed that fairies and the dead could more easily access our world on Samhain and cause trouble for living humans. Sort of like the veil is thinner at that time. This belief persisted after the Christianization of Ireland, and there were stories about the puka coming to collect your leftover harvest, shape-shifting fairies sneaking into your barn, shape-shifted as rabbits to steal your cow's milk. Unless uh -oh. you bless the door with holy water, then they can't come in. Oh, It's just, uh, there's a lot to remember. And, you know, people celebrated halloween but it was also like you had to be very cautious around halloween you had to be on your toes you had to look for mischief from people and from uh not people creatures All walks magical of creatures this life and other lives and yeah. the other life yeah <laughs> In more recent centuries, though, Halloween became a night for playing games at home to predict how your year would go. Like, I don't know if you remember covering this, but some of those like I young do. girls would play like games to figure out who they would marry and all yeah. that kind of thing. Was it like Which bobbing is... for apples and like yes. each apple yes. was a different guy or something? What a nightmare. It was something. Yeah. You'd write the name on a piece <laughs> of paper. I don't know. Some ridiculous game. Um, but you could also predict how your year would go. Like, would you get married? Would you emigrate? Would, would you would you, I feel like nowadays that's not really as relevant but back then in maybe Ireland some, would you I don't know. emigrate yeah maybe uh would you become rich and it also became tradition which I like to give gifts to your less fortunate neighbors who would come collecting alms they would come to your door mm -hmm. so all the while people remembered the old stories of Samhain and kept an eye out for wandering spirits and any trouble that might come their way 
And eventually, as part of almsgiving, people would start wearing masks and costumes as like just a way to entertain as they walk door to door seeking like little handouts, like little gifts. Yeah. And children, especially boys, would dress up and go to houses in disguise to perform tricks and sing songs in exchange for cakes and other treats. And I feel like you've covered that where they would go sing sing a song and you'd have to like guess what they are. It was like essentially Christmas caroling, but like a different... A different taste of it, a different flavor. Bring back Halloween caroling, okay? Let's I love do it. that. Can you imagine just knocking on your? They would call the police. If they would uh, have to, <laughs> if you knocked on someone's door and started singing "Love Potion Number Nine, They he did the mash. He yeah. did the monster. Yeah, they'd I be love like fifty-one fifty immediately. Like <laughs> I'd, I would be the only one to open the door and be delighted but i think everyone else might be upset if i saw that through a peephole i would be like i am locking this door never opening ever hide under your bed (laughs) oh my god others would paint their faces to look as strange as possible and children in scotland engaged in something called guising like g-u-i-s-i-n-g which is a tradition of dressing up to blend in with the spirits who are out and about which i love that idea mm. that like you're out and about with the fairies and other spirits and i yeah i feel like that's not even i mean i see how quickly it can be diluted into like a fun kid thing but also like the spiritual the meaning behind it is actually yeah. like so beautiful of like oh, I we're really all like that too. amongst each other. Yeah, like we all we all mix together. You can't tell us apart. I really like that as well. Once several countries made it tradition for kids to hit the town in masks after dark, we had to worry less about shape-shifting fairies and more about children on the loose and running from house to house. So, you know, the priorities shifted a little bit, understandably. Now, here uh, is a little recap on some Halloween crimes that you covered last year, M. Uh, as far as Halloween traditions go. In 18th century Ireland, kids began going out on Halloween to steal cabbages from uh-huh. neighbors' gardens. This I is one of my favorite this. fun facts. And they would knock on the door shouting Halloween night. And when someone opened the door, they would chuck the cabbage into the house. And just I run totally away, forgot. You which know, is I've... my dream prank to do to somebody. But not to have done to you because that's a baseball coming at you. I that's mean, a bowling I ball. Use, I can make some sauerkraut out of it. I, you know, when life, when kids hand you cabbages, make this some is why my Im- imagery of you as a child in your German household on Halloween. <laughs> Because your mother would totally be like, I'm just going to make some sauerkraut out of this. Oh, for but sure. Like, I, I feel like, like I want to know the size of these cabbages. Like, are they just still Brussels sprouts or are they fucking cabbages? <laughs> I'm picturing like these guys, like these, like these really weighty ones, you know, that are like, I don't know, uh, eight inches big and they're really hefty. And you could just, e- you could palm it and just chuck it. See, I and I don't even know which would be worse because, if, you know, like the smaller they are, the more like of a projectile they are. But like if it's true, like you get pelted with Brussels sprouts and it feels like little rocks. But if it's oh, one true. big thing, can you dodge it? Like, are there kickball rules here? Where, yeah. Like, well, I also you, wonder. Can you catch it? Can you throw it back? And one annoying thing would be if it if you throw it hard enough, a cabbage, I imagine, would kind of create it wouldn't a, be eatable. a mess. It would be oh. like. It would be a little explosion projectile of mini cabbage. Also, what if you know. have pets? Can they eat raw cabbage? Like, what if it's a mess? It's you have to be ready with the dustpan if you have pets. 
Mm. I imagine they can probably eat cabbage because they eat broccoli. But Gio would not go near a cabbage unless it was covered in a dead animal or something. Um, what if you're disgusting. not home that night? What if you're not <gasps> home that night and someone leaves an old cabbage on your doorstep and now you have rotting cabbage Stinky. stink on your house? That smells bad. That's worse than getting egged. That's you smell <laughs> like a like like a butt. You smell like a butt. <laughs> you smell like a butt. And uh, is there any way around it? No. Sorry. No. Only um, the only the grossest smelling foods that rot are the things that people are leaving on people's yeah, property. Eggs and cabbages are like very bad smelling and broccoli which could also be a fun addition um so yeah you'd throw a cabbage into the house delightful i'm sure everyone was making sauerkraut that night uh they had a very they had a very fancy lamp on the table next to the door and now it shattered now they oh you'd be in trouble oh oh boy yeah so this practice uh came to the u.s briefly and it was at some one point such a problem in massachusetts that halloween october 31st was briefly known as cabbage night instead mm-hmm. of halloween i mean that is a delight to me wait where I was what was regionally in where was it called massachusetts okay because i've t- i've taken the um dialect quiz and i've always seen oh, that yeah. as an option and i'm like where the fuck do they say that <laughs> where we both lived if i had known that Remember I had a Halloween party in Boston that you came to? We literally and lived across the street. If I knew about Cabbage Night, I would have chopped a cabbage would, right near your I fucking face. I would never face. have gotten a fucking security deposit back from that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, eventually, toilet paper became the cheaper and probably easier to access alternative to throwing a literal cabbage into people's homes. Uh so on top of toilet paper, kids started vandalizing churches with molasses, painting Oof. entire houses black in the night, committing arson, throwing flour at random passersby, and setting off literal pipe bombs in public mm. places or private yeah. properties. So one Halloween flower attack, for example, involved a group of 200 boys. Like this is how out of hand things got. Then in 1930, some kids in California greased so many streetcar rails that special crews had to respond in Oakland because the cars were skidding off the tracks. So now this is becoming like a public emergency and also like threatening people's lives. Mm -hmm. So people were very uh, frenzied about trying to figure out what to do about Halloween. And some people were even shooting at children who trespassed on their properties or even just around Halloween who were near their property to try and scare them off. In 1930, one city was so desperate to curb youth crime and endangerment that the police considered handing over temporary police badges to as (laughs) many as, this is like not a joke, as many as 500 bad boys, quote unquote, who were supposed to use their powers for good. Like a- What? catch me if you can situation i don't know like they like know a, how to try and curb the bat like they they join forces with the police uh and so like they, then them, they would give them a um uh give them a title or give them power yeah. and maybe they'll like a special clearance and uh some power and then they can tattle on their compatriots to the police um this just reminds me of like a prefect in harry potter is all i could think about like percy the prefect who like i just tattling on everybody you know it's like we'll turn that we'll turn all the bad kids into vigilantes yeah great idea we'll give them 
Police badges. Okay, that seems like it's going to work. <laughs> it's like, great have for we you. never heard of like what's it, the Milgram or the Stanford exam? What the experiment oh, where like yes. they let people pretend to be cops and then they like got all fucking abusive, like, like <laughs> prisoners and and jailers, and then it got so out of hand. Yeah, that's <laughs> great point. Great point. Have you also ever heard of Lord of the Flies, aka Beelzebub? Oh. Giving kids like the power to <laughs> reign over their environment does not usually end well. Oh my god. Anyway. During World War II, things got a little more heated because pranks like letting air out of tires or putting soap on the windows was considered treason or sabotage because people were using valuable. Yeah, because it was the war. And so people were using valuable resources like soap and grease, which was like trying to be limited, you know, for personal use to be Mm -hmm. sent for the war effort. And so laws were actually passed criminalizing many Halloween pranks. Okay. That's in why 19... eggs came into play, I think. They yeah, then, were like, then, we don't like, have well, any soap. What are you going to do so... with my eggs? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I got a chicken out back. I know how to use it. <laughs> you can't stop me. In 1940, a man wrote to a newspaper columnist advocating for Halloween to be permanently banned. And in response, a columnist named Elsie Robinson wrote, The only cure I know, friend, is that of substitution. Let these worrying mothers get together and see that the young folk have their fun at home and be ghosts and witches, black cats, devils, or any wild thing that suits their eerie fancy. So for her. essentially, <laughs> yeah. So essentially she was on to something, which is don't cancel Halloween, just like change gears, like shift mm-hmm. it so that we're keeping kids out of trouble. And so that's why in the 1950s, Halloween underwent a major rebrand okay they revamped this whole situation i love it like who the hell is in charge of this rebrand i hope it's elsie robinson because she was like on something from early on yeah so trick-or-treating in the 50s became a beloved tradition it was featured in media like the peanuts comics and so suddenly people kids were wanting to trick-or-treat through the neighborhood in a much safer way than running around like hooligans throwing I don't know, cabbages in people's windows. So people figured out that passing out candy mostly kept kids out of trouble and close to home. And it was basically bribery. Like if you stay home and walk through your neighborhood, you'll get a shit ton of candy if you come home at a reasonable hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Legal action, criminalizing, none of that worked. So candy, just bribery with candy is what worked. Uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, Elsie knew it. but. Thousands of years of folklore and tradition does not die away easily, so many people were determined to keep the spirit of mischief alive on Halloween. However, unfortunately, some Halloween pranks in the U.S. continue to go terribly wrong and have become full-blown crimes, even homicides. Hmm. I have some examples. Uh, And they're upsetting, because I couldn't bring a story to you today without absolutely bumming you out, even though it is Halloween. So, on October 31st, 1998, a group of teenagers threw eggs at a car, which is a standard Halloween attack. Mm -hmm. The driver was 21-year-old Carl Jackson, and he was a computer programmer from the Bronx, and he had spent the evening at a children's Halloween party with his girlfriend and her nine-year-old son, Clyde. The couple were in the car on their way to drop nine-year-old Clyde off with a babysitter so they could go to another Halloween party when the eggs hit Carl's car just after 11 p.m. Carl was known as a quiet person, but he was very, very upset by the eggs that had 
hit his car, and so he got out of his car to scold the teenagers, and then he got back in the car to drive away. But he had pissed off these teenage egg throwers, and they were not done with Carl. After he sat back down in the passenger seat, one of them pulled a gun and (laughs) shot him through the window. Oh, my God. The bullet hit Carl in the temple and killed him. (gasps) Oh, my God. And then a little kid and his girlfriend watched it happen? A little kid and his mom, the kid's mom, yeah, his girlfriend, watched it all happen. And, I mean, just very shocking and tragic. And the kid who shot him, 17-year-old Curtis Sterling, was convicted of the murder and sentenced to 20 years in prison. And Carl's friends and loved ones were so shocked by this event that they could not believe it happened. His mother told the New York Times, we were just devastated. We never thought that anyone from our family would be murdered, especially on a holiday for something so stupid. Mm -hmm. And she said it took her family several years to even talk about it because they were so stricken by shock and grief. Sure. And according to a 2010 article, Carl's mother sent a Halloween card to Curtis every year in prison that said, I'm glad you're still in there. Oh, do what you gotta do, girl, but damn dark. Oof. Tragically, this is where this part, I don't know, it's just somehow upsetting in a weird way that I didn't expect. So Carl apparently used to avoid Halloween festivities growing up because he was so scared of Halloween. (gasps) I know. Isn't that eerie? That's eerie. Yeah, it really freaks me out. And he said they, they scared him, but he wanted his girlfriend's son to have fun so he agreed to take him to this halloween party even though he did not like to leave the house on halloween most years and as even as a teenager and a kid he he was scared of halloween which Jeez. is just so dark it's just like add such a heavy element to this like an eerie and like eerie feeling. now by accident has only perpetuated it for another yes. generation with that kid and who's never that gonna want to leave yeah it's horrible i mean oh Ooh, it gives me goose cam. So Carl's father even said, a young life was snuffed out over nothing, but that's what Halloween has gotten into. He never used to go out on Halloween. He always said it was too dangerous, even as a teenager, but this year he wanted to take the child out. Makes Mm. me sad. And historically, uh, this is worth noting, marginalized minorities, of course, have been at higher risk of danger on Halloween. And this goes all the way back to the cabbage throwing days, because children often targeted neighbors that they thought were bad tempered or different. I mean, it's like you said, like the like the old spooky house on the hill that might be the witch of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like there's this kind of like a Boo Radley vibe Mm -hmm. like oh we never see that guy so let's throw cabbages at him even though maybe he's disabled or just likes to be scared to leave the house on halloween scared (laughs) to leave the house on halloween precisely and so you know this tended to be um, a pattern that people who were different got targeted and it's similar to you know cranky elderly women who were unmarried became targets of witch hunts um it's people who even that same descriptor became the witch in the neighborhood or you know the the scary guy on the corner who you make up you know urban legends about likewise people in the anti-halloween camp have taken measures to ban festivities that could lead to troubling and dangerous biases 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 cities across the u.s have started passing laws banning teenagers from trick-or-treating period so Mm -hmm. like if you're 
over a certain age, you are not to participate in trick-or-treating. And this doesn't make sense on a few levels. First off, it seems to be a bad move because historically trick-or-treating is the only thing keeping teens out of trouble. So it's like if you can't trick-or-treat as a teenager, you're going to go do something else like a party or drink or throw a cabbage at someone so maybe don't cancel trick-or-treating for teenagers Mm -hmm. and in belleville illinois children older than 12 are not allowed to wear masks with their costumes so they cannot cover their face and kids past eighth grade cannot appear on the streets highways public homes private homes or public places in the city to make trick-or-treat visitations over than 12 that seems really young to me i mean i would have thought like by driving age or high school yeah 16 maybe i feel like but 12 seems young 12 is like also 12 is awkward because it's already that age where like you still want to go trick-or-treating but everyone else is kind of growing out of it and so like cool yeah you already like are feeling a little shame about it and now it's like no but maybe it's helpful because now you don't have to feel shame it's like oh well i can't you know i'm not allowed but 12 seems so little to me but maybe i'm maybe i'm 12 feels little to me too yeah i mean you know i i don't know but you made a really good point and there are also some other questionable iffy points about this because until a 2019 that's pretty damn recent 2019 revision of the law children older than 12 caught trick-or-treating in chesapeake virginia could face six months in prison if you were older than 12 so imagine if your 12th birthday was the day before (laughs) halloween (laughs) what if your 12th birthday was halloween then you're a scorpio and you're just trying to create a chaotic situation like are you gonna go to jail for six months if you were 11 yesterday it's like insane it really doesn't make any sense and they have since taken this jail time penalty off the table so this is not uh, no longer a risk like truly imagine being in juvie it's like what are you in for trick-or-treating i literally (laughs) i literally thought when you first said imagine your 12th birthday i thought you meant like imagine if your 12th birthday was behind bars and you had to have visitation from your friends and then well, I, it fucking happened apparently in chesapeake I, virginia so. <laughs> so they changed the jail time threat thankfully and they also uh changed the age limit to 14 so okay. slightly better slightly better and critics of these laws say they're unfair for everyone but especially in special cases which i always thought was kind of troubling part of this is that disabled teenagers teenagers with unstable home lives who maybe didn't get the chance to trick-or-treat when they were younger or you know i've experienced this in some of the neighborhoods i've lived in where there are families who um you know go door to door sort of similar to the tradition and are seeking food you know what i mean Mm. like candy sure but like maybe they don't have access to that in their home life and so this is kind of targeting them as well And critics also worry, which I found very interesting, about non-white children being criminalized and targeted even when they are within the legal age to participate. I was going to say. Yeah, because when you're 12, it's sort of like some people look much older, some people look younger, some people have boobs, some don't. You know, puberty hits differently on different people. Even then, not even physically, but just to be a black person, you are adultified so right. early and like exactly you know if there was a 12 year old who did something wrong all of a sudden they're not like mm-hmm. a kid in in the eyes of the news and society so i mean exactly there's, if you're 11 and you're like a black kid who wants to go trick-or-treating someone is going to have already 
decided for you that you're actually much older than like, 11 and almost assessed the situation and you were absolutely correct because according to the american psychology association research conducted on 176 police officers who were mostly white males and 264 undergraduate students mostly white females revealed that black boys as young as 10 may not be viewed in the same light as of childhood innocence as their white peers but are instead more likely to be mistaken as older be perceived as guilty and face police violence if accused of a crime so mm -hmm. already subconsciously we're facing these biases so it is a troubling thing to say oh we're just gonna decide on an age like 12 and no one has an, a driver's license at 12 to prove how old they are so right. it's like all just very messy in communities with trick-or-treat age laws, young black boys are at very high risk of dangerous bias. And, of course, the same risk could extend to other racial minorities. And here's where I have another upsetting case for you. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! This one is from October of 1992. A 16-year-old boy named Yoshihiro Hattori was excited to celebrate American Halloween for the first time as an exchange student from Japan. Uh -oh. Yoshi was excited. I know. It's already just so deeply upsetting. Yoshi was excited to experience a new culture and share his culture too. And before he left for his exchange year, he wrote in his journal, wherever I go, I wish I could make the country a second home country. I can make Japanese cooking like tempura cutlet for host families and introduce the living way of Japanese. And he was beyond excited to spend some time in the United States. His host parents, Dr. Holly Haymaker and her husband, Dick Haymaker, were thrilled to host Yoshi in their Baton Rouge, Louisiana home. In Japan, Yoshi was a dedicated rugby player, and in Louisiana, he started taking jazz dance lessons. He, hmm. he really fit right in. Everyone at his new school loved him. He was extroverted. He was a free spirit. His host father, Dick, said he was a really, really extraordinary guy. He was life. He moved through space like a dancer. He also made fast friends with the Haymaker's 16-year-old son, Webb. In October, they were invited to a Halloween party in another town, so the boys dressed up and set out on Saturday, October 17th. Yoshi was dressed as John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. Mm. It's, like, so upsetting. Webb, the son, uh, said, eventually we ended up on the street. We saw this house. It had Halloween decorations and it had three cars in the driveway and the address was 10311, whereas we wanted to go to 10131. But I just saw the address and said, oh, this is it. The boys knocked on the door, but nobody answered. A woman opened a side door, looked at them for a second and slammed the side door shut. Webb realized, oh, maybe we're in the wrong place, so they started to walk away. That's when 30-year-old Rodney Pierce opened the front door holding a revolver. <gasps> Why? Why? Webb thinks that Yoshi might have mistaken the gun for a Halloween prop. Guns were so uncommon in Japan, it's possible Yoshi had never even seen one in person. Mm. Rodney yelled freeze, but Yoshi didn't seem to understand. And you have to remember, English is not his first language. And he spoke right. English, but, you know, he, he totally different culture, different expectations. Um, and he just did not seem to understand. So he started walking back toward the house, smiling and greeting Rodney. He oh, said, God. we're here for the party. We're here for the party. Without another warning, Rodney shot Yoshi directly in the chest and slammed <gasps> the door shut. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unaware of Yoshi's condition after the ambulance took him away, Webb waited at the police station for his parents, who spoke to the police and told him that Yoshi had died. 
The first thing Webb said was his poor mother. Mm. Yoshi's parents flew to the United States while the haymakers were racked with guilt for letting them go to this party, for feeling like they had failed him. Holly dreaded meeting Yoshi's parents who had trusted her to keep their son safe. Yeah, it must have been. That's just a daunting nightmare situation. When they met, the first thing Yoshi's mom asked was, how is Webb? Mm. Oh, God. (laughs) So sweet. Initially, Rodney was off the hook because he claimed uh, he was defending his property from trespassers, a.k.a. two children on Halloween. But international outcry led to his indictment for manslaughter. So the woman who had opened that first door that night turned out to be Rodney's wife. And after seeing the boys who were simply standing at the door knocking, she told Rodney to get the gun. Which is wild because, like, even if he didn't say we're here for the party or anything later, they could have just been fucking trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating. So, like, it's so you just, weird. It's Halloween night and children in costume came to Why your are you door. shooting? It's just, like, so extreme. On, like, bizarre. <sighs> I wonder. So well, just I, like, I guess the, the party was October 17th. So maybe it's, like, oh, it was pre-Halloween, so they wouldn't be trick-or-treating. I guess. If I saw anyone in costume at all in October, yeah. I don't know. I'm also not someone who thinks, oh, let me go shoot someone real quick without yeah, any context. Someone's on you know? my sidewalk. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's hard to believe because they had Halloween decorations up. It's not like they forgot right. what season it was. It's bizarre. It's just like a, a So no trick-or-treater is safe. It's like it just so no, you apparently just not. get shot on a front stoop. Especially if you don't look like a white kid from Louisiana, I guess. Mm -hmm. So Rodney claims he shot Yoshi out of fear because of his, quote, unusual way of moving. What the fuck does that mean? Seems like maybe not. But Webb said Yoshi had a bounce to his step because he was so excited for the party. That was the only thing that may have made him walk differently, which is just even worse. Rodney's defense team said Rodney was just one of your neighbors who simply acted in self-defense. After just three hours of deliberation, the jury acquitted Rodney of all charges. And he was free to go. Sick. The tragedy, of course, there's, you know, somewhat of a silver lining in the aftermath of this tragedy because the haymakers and the Hattori's were bonded together for life. From Japan and the United States, they have both, both families have dedicated decades to fighting for gun reform in the U.S. They met with President Clinton, participated in marches, and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for the cause. In a civil suit against Rodney and his home insurance company, Yoshi's parents were awarded $100,000, which they then used to fund more gun control campaigns. The Haymakers gave $500,000 to Dick's uh, alma mater, Carleton College, to create the Yoshihiro Hattori Memorial Fund, which helps cover costs for students studying abroad from Japan, which I think is really beautiful. The family's activism is considered to have played a huge role in helping pass the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act shortly after Yoshi's death, which mandates background checks on gun buyers and a five-day waiting period on all purchases. In recent years, the Hattori's returned to the U.S. to speak to survivors of the Parkland shooting and participate in the March for Our Lives in March of 2018. Since Halloween's earliest days in the U.S., this has been a fraught time of year for those who are pro-Halloween and anti-Halloween. You know, it's just very high tension, and I feel like that's something we don't necessarily know about in our normal day-to-day, like, fall girly 
basic bitch experience, at least speaking for me, for mm-hmm. myself. Children have been stabbed, shot, choked by adults in retaliation for throwing an egg at a house Oof. or a car, for TPing houses. There's this like sometimes violent outrage that comes out from adults who feel like they're being threatened. Uh, and it's ended in a lot of physical violence. Sure. But on the other side, victims of victims of these pranks have also sustained critical injuries from you know, say an egg being thrown at your windshield and you crash your car or right. arson or any of these so-called pranks that can also lead to fatalities. According to a 2010 New York Times article, quote, since 1984, at least 24 people have been seriously wounded or killed in stabbings, shootings, beatings or accidents sparked by egg throwing confrontations around wow. Halloween. Just the egg throwing has led to at least 24 people who have been seriously wounded or killed. So, mm. and that's just careful. Halloween too cuz That's just on Halloween. 365 days of eggs on a car, you know. But Halloween alone is that's a that's too much. That's wild. That's very 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 alarming to me. And, you know, it's unfortunate because especially nowadays like we consider Halloween a fun, positive uh creepy time right like especially millennials i feel like we've really embraced halloween as Mm -hmm. you know a special time but of course there is still that reality that you have to be cautious and you know be careful folks i i get the fun of a prank um but just be careful out there because you never know if the person you're pranking is gonna overreact or if you're gonna accidentally cause some harm that you didn't mean to so it's a best to avoid i would say playing pranks on strangers who can react unpredictably um maybe don't confront pranksters just for your own safety Mm -hmm. uh you know it can end very badly but of course tragic cases like yoshi's show that even innocent people with good intentions who've done no pranking at all can end up victims of unpredictable violence and um, that is the story of Halloween pranks and worse pranks. If anything, it was more just like a giant PSA for like. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, that's a good way to put it. A giant yeah. PSA. Well, you forgot about all the needles and meth in our candy or whatever. It oh, is, that's so. right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the, I feel the like rumors. they don't. They don't say that anymore the way they it used to, to like in the a, 90s, a trend, early 2000s. Yeah, it was like a 90s trend, I think. Um, it was like a huge thing. Like, I feel like we talk about it now as a joke, but it, I, I don't know about you, but in my area, people were actually so scared of that. Like, so scared that drug dealers were coming in and putting needles in chocolate. And it's like, <laughs> I think my why? mom was like, that's ridiculous. Who is going to give away their heroin? You're right. fine. So I was like, okay. So we never really believed it. But I I think it was also during like there, there was that one big um, year of like anthrax scares. So oh. there was, that was pretty valid. I mean, there was like people finding anthrax in their like mailboxes and shit. So like I, and not, not like it was like, you know, a million people but there were cases of it and so i think that yeah. was part of the fear of like well, you, you can't were even touch closer, your candy and you were living closer to you had more connections to dc which i feel like true. would have also a little bit of i don't know i feel like the element an, the anthrax year was a big one for yeah, actually for sure. being scared to touch your candy but then like 
if you're grabbing it from the neighbors next door, like you know exactly who provided you this candy. <laughs> like, like they, they're going you to all shopped for it at the same Walmart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... So you know, I don't. I don't. I just remember like there being a year of paranoia. But I remember hearing I rem- the I things about it. drugs and both of my parents being partiers uh, in their heyday. They were like. Don't worry, that's not true. <laughs> yes, my, like, mine too. Mine, mine were like, um, I don't think your dumb friends at school know what they're talking about. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, well, dang. Good one, Christine. You, thank you for bringing back Cabbage Night because that really I escapes just, me. That was, you know, a researcher, Sersha, added that in and was like, you don't have to say this. I was like, are you kidding? We're talking about cabbages again, whether you I, like it or not, everybody. I actually just cut up a cabbage. Uh, you two days did ago. not. They're fun to I cut did. up, though. I isn't it weirdly I, satisfying because they're all like crimped, crinkly. Uh, well, also I love a crunch, and like I, Me but too. I don't like a crispy crunch. Like I don't like. Chip but also, crunch. you don't like nuts in your candy, which is why I like nuts in my candy because it's a crunch. So that's very interesting. But the crunch doesn't bother me. The taste—I don't want the taste of nuts a in peanut? my chocolate. Interesting. Okay. It's like, it's like you're what. What are you adding? Like, just give me, I want chocolate. I didn't come here for yeah. fucking nuts, you know? <laughs> if I wanted you to heard do that, I'd go buy a, I'd buy a jar of almonds if I wanted nuts so damn bad. But I want chocolate. It's Halloween. Okay. Um, uh, I've heard you. And I Loud and clear? Loud and clear. Even with, like, Reese's. Like, I, I l- like it. I used to love it. I went through, like, a phase where I loved it. But, like, I love her. Maybe, yeah, I love her maybe I'm just getting older, but, like, after, like, one or two, I, like, it's just They're too very much sugar. Rich. Yeah. Very, very, very sweet, rich. yeah. Um, no, I cut up a cabbage. I can't eat 11 s- ring pops as evidenced by today's episode, but that's different. <laughs> I've had minimal sugar compared to Christine. Um, and watched me drop a fucking ring pop. Well, I didn't know you were watching, but I dropped a ring pop and then I There was it nothing else like, to to look at. It was I'm, all you. I'm like she's going to put that in her mouth and well, uh, no, no, no. I did. I, every everyone listened to what I had to watch because Christine <laughs> was taking her ring pops and then she was ring pops by i'm not kidding she had like 10 on her hands and then she kept doing the thing that like babies do when their hands are sticky and she was like doing like the full arm stretch to be able to touch her eye and shit and leona goes leona goes help oh yeah. uh-oh help so that's kind of what i was doing yeah well that's what christy was doing but then like one of them fell although she had nine others this was the one she wanted and she kept she kept putting it in her mouth and then i would see her look at it after it's been dropped and like pull like a hair or something off it and put it right back in her mouth. And then a couple seconds later, she'd pull it out again. Clearly didn't succeed the first time. and is now investigating to pull something off of it. And I'm like, you can just, it was like five cents. It was like a nickel. It's the last thing on earth that still costs a nickel. Like you can just throw it away and use the other nine. Okay. It's fine. Eva and was on my side. She said, sometimes you just want that particular flavor. They all looked the same. Were they all different flavors? <laughs> they were, they, no, they were. No. <laughs> do you have Do you have a favorite ring pop flavor? They were two different flavors, and this one was a blue raspberry, and I really wanted to eat the blue raspberry, and mm-hmm. the other ones were purple grape. You know I what I want? Grape. You know what I fucking love, Christine. You know what, what I love? Tell me. I need you to hear this. When they had those ring pops that were the twisted flavors. Oh. Where they were tie dye. Oh, delightful! Tie-dye. Those are tie-dye. good. These are. You gotta be kidding me. The what classics. Halloween includes tongue painters. 
Well, I love that they're trying to market it as like, oh, we did that on purpose. Like, yeah, right. right. It's just food dye girl, but thanks. It's literally red 40, but thank you for pretending like you did it intentionally. No, I, um, those tie dye ones really fucking sealed the deal for me, especially the blue and green one, but they also, the red and orange one was pretty good those too. Those were good. I like those, ooh, the swirlies. Ooh. The swirlies are tasty. Yep. If I ever see one, I have to get it. I have to get it. Have to. All right. Well. All right. What now, Christine? Are we? I don't know. Off to do another after hours. Yeah, and and that's why drink after hours. And actually, I have a. So what I'm thinking of when it's like my turn to do an after hours or bring something to the table, what I'm thinking is what I might do from now on is um, uh, like a mini crime story, like something that's not enough. Because I have one today that is a doozy that came up in my uh, news headlines this morning. And I was like, oh, I have to tell M about this. And then I realized I could tell you in the after hours about this bizarro crime. So like maybe weird crimes or like, you know, crimes that don't have enough information to have an episode. So I have one you for you today. Found if that's it. okay. It was in the news. You found it. If it was in the news. Yes. Sounds like that's a newsy doozy. <laughs> an idiot i was like why did you make me repeat that it was in the news that's weird for the callback anyway yeah, good job okay i'm excited for our newsy doozy i can't wait to to hear what the hell is going on and that's why we drink <laughs> 